Well, good evening, y'all. It is awesome seeing y'all. Um, I tell you, since, the, since I left St. Thomas, um, it's what, five months ago? I've only been in a parish twice. So I haven't had the opportunity to preach a whole lot in front of a congregation. So, <laughs> a little nervous. Um, and then I noticed when I got in, I was like, okay, what did JD change since I've been gone? And one thing he changed is there's no clock. So he's either preaching really long. Oh, it's right there. Ow. Okay, good. I'll look to look at Mama whenever I see what time it is. She'll be like, my own mom. It's just time to come in, lay, land the plane. <laughs> anyway, one thing you didn't change is the chair, though, so my feet still don't touch, so that's cool. Guys, it is, it is really good to be here with y'all. Um, it has, the vocations office has been an incredible journey. We've had a blast. Um, just establishing the foundation of these young men um, and helping them grow in their discernment and their life with Christ and grow in brotherhood and community. It's been an incredible experience um, and a great, great joy to be able to do that, to be able to form the shepherds who will one day feed the sheep. And so, um, you know, when we look at vocations, that's kind of a big word. It's like everybody, what, what is vocations about, right? Well, I would, I would say two things. Number one, everyone's primary vocation is to love, is to be a saint, right? We're all called to that. Nobody's exempt from that. Not even the worst of the sinners. Nobody's exempt from the primary vocation to be a saint. What does that mean to be a saint? Father Mitch, well, it, it means that it's your job to cooperate with God's grace for your salvation, to go to heaven. There's nobody in heaven that wasn't a saint on earth, right? So it's our job to be a saint, right? And however that looks is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and your neighbor as yourself, right? That's everybody's primary call. A lot of times whenever we hear the word vocation, though, people say, well, what's your vocation? We think, oh, well, I'm going to be an engineer, or I'm going to be a policeman, or I'm going to be a physical therapist, or I'm going to be a nurse, or I'm going to be an architect, or a, whatever it might be. We think, whoa, that's my vocation is to, to be that. No, that's your career. A vocation is that calling from God that is going to get you to heaven. Right? Um, there's three primary vocations. Marriage, natural vocation, most of, most of you are called to it, right? Marriage is your way that God said, hey, Lee and Andre, look, the way that you're going to get to heaven is I want to somehow, some way, in God's great design, bring y'all together because the two of y'all are going to become one flesh and that's going to be an awesome image for the world to see what God the Father and the Holy Trinity looks like. It's going to be marriage on earth and that love that y'all share, the sacrifices that you share, is going to be what gets you to heaven. That's your avenue. For some, he's going to call to another vocation, the priesthood. Right? Ding, 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 ding. That's me. Right? Um, and these are the guys that live a very fruitful, life-giving um, life, but it's a celibate love. It's a, it's a love that is a self-gift for the whole church. It's not, I'm not some kind of social, like, celibate social worker. That's not what we do. I don't just become a priest because I wanted to help people. I could do that and have a wife and kids. I became a priest because I felt Jesus calling me and saying, Hey, Mitch, I want to share my bride with you. What? That's crazy. Jesus refers to himself as the bridegroom. And you, as the church, is his bride. And how does the bridegroom love his church? Like that. That's what Ephesians says, husbands, that's husbands and that's priests, love your wives the way Christ loves the church. And that's our posture. A husband is to love his wife that way, and a priest is to love his wife that way. Right? It's just in the way that he calls us. 
And so it's a love that's a complete availability in the priesthood that sacrifices um, in good times and in bad. When you're sick, we're at the hospital. When you're down, we're there to pull you up. Right? It's an incredible life because it's a very life that is shared in the very, very deepest part of Jesus' heart of his own priesthood. He says, I want to share that with you. Right? It's incredible. So that's a little bit of the priesthood. And then there's a third vocation, which is consecrated life, which we would say is the nuns and the brothers, are the lay consecrated. That say, I'm going to be single, but I'm going to work in the world, but I'm going to have a consecrated life that I'm going to take with the bishop. So we see our religious sisters being a bold witness in the world to what it means to live your life consecrated to God in a very fruitful and incredible way, a life-giving way. They become spiritual mothers for us. They image the Blessed Mother for us in the world. And the brothers do the same thing. They image a commitment to Christ in walking in friendship with Christ, right? So those are our three primary vocations. We've all got one of those. It's a matter of listening to the Lord and saying, Lord, which one did you create me for? Which one is going to bring me absolute happiness? And not just happiness, which one of these vocations is going to get me to heaven? Because that's the goal, right? And so I think that's something that we always have to ask ourselves. Lord, what's my vocation in life? Reveal it to me. And this is the cool thing. I don't have to figure it out, (laughs) right? Whenever those who are married, you didn't have to go and figure out who you wanted to marry. What happened, Peter, whenever you saw Amber... Right? What happened? Like, phew, my heart just did something it never did before. It did flip-flops. Right? That's what happens in vocation. You realize at that moment, yes, I'm called to marriage. Right? Whenever I was called to, the first time I felt called to be a priest, it was super simple. I've probably told you all this before. I just saw a priest giving a talk, and he looked joyful. He looked happy. He looked like he was just this cool guy. And I just simply looked at him at 16 years old, and I was like, I could do that. (laughs) There was no big moment where God was like, go be a priest. It was simple as I could do that. Right? I saw a joy and excitement, and then it began to be a big old journey with me with that regards, and I'm not going to go into those details. But I think it's really cool that we realize that God has created us. He's knit us together in our mother's womb. He knows us intimately inside and out. He knows what's going to make us happiest in life, and he knows what avenue to take us because he's a father, and he wants to get his sons and daughters back into heaven, right? That's what he wants us to do. And our vocation is the very avenue in which that happens. Right? Jesus understood his vocation. He didn't get sidetracked. He knew what his vocation was. Right? And he fulfilled it perfectly. And there's this moment in today's gospel reading that we have to look at. It seems as though Jesus is getting a little hot-headed today. Right? He's getting angry. And he's turning over tables and he's throwing the money changer stuff around and he's throwing the dove stuff around and he's kicking the, the dudes out with the sheep and the goats. Like, what in the world is Jesus doing? It's like, this is just like schizophrenic Jesus? Like, what's going on? Like, he's using this peace and love and all these kind of things and mercy. All of a sudden, he enters into the temple and he says, he grabs a cord, a leather whip, and he goes to town. <laughs> Dude, 
You ever pray with that Jesus? <laughs> Close your eyes and pray with that one, right? This is a Jesus. It says, zeal for your father's house consumes me. That's what the apostles saw. They were like, whoa, hold on a second. We never saw this Jesus before. But what came to them was the prophecy. Zeal for my father's house consumes me. Because what was happening was they were making the father's house, it says, a den of thieves. They were overcharging people who were coming into the church for the festival gathering of the Passover. They were sitting outside the church and they set up their booths. Right? And they were overcharging people for the doves and the goats that had to be offered up. And so they were stealing from people. We know that what that's like, right? Prices go jacked up anytime there's a, something bad. Try to buy wood in the midst of Hurricane Ida. Right? That was unjust. So it, everything got jacked up. That's what Jesus says. Okay, they're in, they're in the presence of the temple. They're in that which is holy. Right? And now all of a sudden they're jacking up the prices. So Jesus isn't sinfully angry because he's the son of God. He can't sin. It's a justified anger for that which is holy. He went to town clearing out because the father's house is a holy place and sin can't reside there. Right? You, you follow me so far? Now, if we connect that to what Paul's saying in the first reading, he says, and I love how he says this, like, do you not know that you're a temple? Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Like, I love how he says that. It's almost like, duh. Like, don't you know that? Didn't you realize that? When you were baptized, that little body, that little bitty body, became a very dwelling place of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The God of all creation, the Lord of lords, and the King of kings took up shop in that little heart of yours. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Wrap our minds around that for a minute. The entire Trinity dwells inside of me and inside of you. <laughs> right? That's crazy. But that's St. Paul. St. Paul's like, don't you know that? Your body is so amazing. It's been fashioned by God. It's marvelously and wonderfully made. And it's not just this beautiful work of art like the Mona Lisa, but your body, God wants to dwell inside of you. And whenever there's sin that comes into this temple, what does Jesus do? He wants to clear it out. Zeal for your house, your temple, my temple, consumes him and he wants to eradicate the sin. He wants to come inside of our hearts, not with leather whips, but with strands of mercy and bust out the sins that corrode this temple that we put inside of it. He's like, it doesn't belong there. That's my shop. That's my house. That's my dwelling place. I don't want that. It's like saying, dude, if you walk into your house and some of your wife all of a sudden brought a horse into the middle of your living room, you go like, what's all that about? Why is there a horse in my living room? It doesn't belong there. <laughs> I'm sure the husband would say, no, I'm going to get a whip and we're getting the horse out. The horse has, I love horses, it has this proper spot, and that's in the barn. The house isn't your barn. Certain things belong in the living room. <laughs> right? It's the same thing with us. Was what the Lord is saying to us, right? You are a precious 
gift that he formed and fashioned to be perfectly made for him to dwell in. That's unbelievable. It really is. That's the mystery of what it means to be a Christian. Buddhists don't believe that. Hindus don't believe that. Christians do. And that's the great gift that we get to preserve. Right? And so if there's times in our lives where we're struggling and a horse is in your temple, ask Jesus to come in and take it out. It doesn't belong in there. Right? They make a mess. <laughs> Move that thing out so that you have room for Jesus to do what He wants to do. So that your temple can be the most incredible temple because it's a unique and irrepeatable temple. And it's incredible. And so when we realize that gift, then we don't have to worry about what everybody else says about me and how many likes I get or don't get on Instagram or Facebook. We don't have to worry about all these things because I realize the God of the entire universe that created the stars and the heaven that you can't even count doesn't just want to dwell in the mountains and outside and in St. Thomas. His favorite place to dwell is right there, right in our hearts. That's how much He loves us. He doesn't want to be separated from us. He wants to dwell within us, right? And so tonight, that's how we answer our call. Our vocation comes from that posture of, Lord, I know that you are dwelling within me. And you say to your apostles, whenever you call them into their vocation, you didn't say, go figure it out. You just said, follow me. That's what, you told, that's what he told them. Follow me. And so if I'm in union with Jesus in my heart, and I'm listening to him, I'm just going to follow him. And if he says, follow me into married life, then follow him into married life and be the most incredible holy couple that this town has ever seen. And if he says, follow me to the seminary and go pray about what God is calling you to do in your life and he's calling you to be a, be a priest, follow him to the seminary. If he says, follow me to be a nun, follow him to be a nun. The key is that you're always in relationship. Because the Trinity dwells inside of us. You're always in relationship. You're never outside of a relationship. And so Jesus says, come on. Don't try to figure it out. Because you'll mess it up. <laughs> Trust me, it took me 15 years to figure that one out. Just follow me. And I will lead you to green pastures. I will lead you where your heart will be completely fulfilled. Because I know you. And I love you, and I created you, and I formed you, and you're mine, right? You're mine. So follow Jesus, guys, wherever he leads you, right? Don't push him away. He wants to lead you to that which fulfills your greatest desires. And he knows what they are, and he knows how to do it, and it's awesome. So keep staying involved, keep plugging in, keep praying. Keep that temple clean. And as it's clean, you're going to hear the Father speaking to you to follow Him to whatever vocation that is. Amen?